0: And bonjour, you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, October 12th. So, boy, this October's just zooming along. But, uh, you know, so many people tell me that fall is their favorite time of the year. Definitely my favorite time. The light is so soft and wonderful, and the moon is huge, and the air is fresh and clear. Uh, how can you beat this? So, Let's enjoy every good one we get, uh, because winners coming—that's for sure. Hey, I want to say hi to everyone I spoke to. Hey, by the way, uh, I'm—I am totally solo today, so uh, if you want to call, I'll give you the number now: one triple eight nine seven three Cairo, which is one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. So it'd be great if you give me a call, so uh, that way you don't have to hear me do too many siloquies. Hey, so I had so much fun at Treehugger Bingo. It was just fantastic and uh, totally sold out. I don't think there was an open seat in the place. And uh, so I just had a lot of fun describing all the plants. Uh, this poor uh, this poor woman, usually my good friend uh, Fleisha is the one that has to tell me when to shut up when I'm describing the plants. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why she wasn't there, so they gave this poor other woman the job of shutting me up, and she was waving the flag at me about through the whole thing, but it never did much good, but, uh, oh, boy, it was fun, and I ran down there and blasted a lot of you with those crumpled up uh, game things, so, uh, hey, and the fun thing, we gave away so many great plants in this, but... uh, I always, because I do this, I always get my choice of the first choice of all the plants for the volunteers. And guilty as I feel, picking one first, (laughs) I do it anyway, that's for sure. So I picked a really interesting plant. I had no idea what it was. It was an Amarine tuber, it said. That's all it said on the thing. And this. It's a Bella Diva Anastasia. A Bella Diva Anastasia. And I'm like, what in the world could this thing be? But it looked kind of like an Amaryllis Belladonna. And uh, if you've ever, th- these are hardy bulbs that come from South Africa with big red flowers. They're really cool. We grew a lot of them at Seattle I've got one in my garden. And, uh, but, um, I found out that what this thing is, a Bella Diva Anastasia, is it's a cross between a Noreen, which is a South African bulb, very similar to an Amaryllis, but the flowers are smaller, and an Amaryllis Bella So I've got it in my garden. It's got a great big red bud on it. I can't wait to see it bloom. So, uh... It'll be stumping a tweedle out of all those millions of people that walk by and ask me what everything is in my garden, which I just love with a passion. Hey, also I want to say hi to everyone I saw at that wonderful cider pressing party. Uh, Nineteen—it's it, this cider press was from the eighteen hundreds over at some friends of mine, Nick and uh, Bay. And uh, But the cool thing is they got a million apples. They got them from City Fruit. So City Fruit is a really great organization that helps people pick their apples and takes them to the food banks and things. So uh, if you want to get involved in that, go to cityfruit.com, and you can find out they're, they're a terrific organization. Hey, I, I I just want to let you know And I want to say hi to everyone I saw because I got a private tour from my friend uh, Brian Jones over at the uh, Point Defiance Zoo. So I didn't go to see the animals. I went to see the plants. And uh, my friend uh, Brian Jones has done an incredible job of putting uh, plants that Are from the places where the animals are from. So there's all kinds of succulents and pokey plants and uh, unusual rare things. It's really cool. So next time you go to the uh, Point Defiance Zoo, take a look, take a close look at the cool plants there. You won't see another landscape like that anywhere. And I'm going to, I've asked, Ryan to be on my show next week. We'll see if he has time. If he can come down and do that, it'd be fun. We'll talk about all those plants. Okay, and oh, and I saw it was a really busy day, and I got my picture taken quite a few times with people at the zoo. But that's always fun for me. So don't worry. Okay, now I do. I I do want to say a couple of things. I don't advertise things coming up too much these days but you can always go to my events page in cisco.com so c i s c o e.com but sunday october 20 is something i think is really special so i wanted to let you know and it's the hardy plant society of washington annual fall bulb and plant sale so this is at the center for urban horticulture it's on sunday october 20 And it's just from 10 to 2, that's it. And they have, like, every kind of bulb you can imagine. These are mostly spring-blooming bulbs. And uh, so, you know, you can come and uh, snag some really unusual bulbs, you know, really cool ones. I'm a big, big Chinodoxa fan right now. They're really cool. They're blue and just spread nice. They come back every year. And, of course, you know, Galanthus uh, snowdrops, I just love those because sometimes they peek right up through the snow. They're always the first thing to bloom, and I can feel spring coming, you know. And uh, hey, and one thing they do cool, they sell bulbs in small amounts. So you don't have to buy 20 of them, you know, you can get 10 or 12 in a little package. And that's if they're little ones. And uh, so, uh, and they do have good prices. So I always like supporting them because uh, they're a great organization, the Hardy Plants Society of Washington. That's over at Center, uh, C-U-H, Center for Urban Horticulture. And that is, uh, Sunday, October 20, 10 to uh, 2. Okay. And, um, hey, just want to remind you, it's getting close. The October 20, fall in love with gardening workshop with Cisco Morris. Oh la la. (laughs) So, hey, uh, I just wanted you to know what we're going to do there because I haven't really told you much about it. So Heidi is the head gardener. There she is, really cool and knowledgeable as can be. And this is at the Chihuly Garden of Glass down there at the Seattle Center. So Heidi and I are going to lead you on a tour through the garden. And, uh, of course, it's full of all that spectacular Chihuly art. If you haven't ever seen it, you've got to come and see it because it's spectacular. And, uh, and then, uh, and while we go through the garden, I answer everybody's garden questions with Heidi. And then uh, I give a lot of my special little tips about, uh, you know, fall blooming plants, which are the coolest ones. And you'll see a ton of them in the garden. It's not just glass. It's full of great plants. And then um, we're going to do a big workshop on uh, how to plant fall uh, spring blooming bulbs and which are the best ones. And uh, so I think it's going to be really a lot of fun. So I hope lots of you come, okay? And that is on October 20. And I think the doors open at like uh, 9.15. At 9.30 to 10.30, we're going to do our big tour and workshop. Okay, listen. I hear the music. That means it's time for a break. Hey, I hope some of you give me a call. But I do have a lot of emails. If I need them, one triple eight nine seven three Cairo, one (music) triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. Okay, well, no telephone calls yet, but uh, we'll just hang on for those. And uh, right now, oh, I did want to say one thing. At the Chihuly Garden of Glass, I forgot to tell you the most important thing. I'm going to give away a gardening with Cisco t-shirt and a book. Only one of each. But some lucky person will win it. See, that's that's like the major thing. Okay, <laughs> All right. Hey, I did get a lot of emails coming in, though, so I'm going to deal with that. So uh, to start with, Gary wrote that uh, he's growing Swiss chard in his garden, and he's got a whole lot of it out there that he's hoping to eat through the wintertime because it's very hardy. It can go through the winter really well. And he's like, uh, it's all full of these blotches kind of light-colored blotches, and I want to know what it is and what to do about it. Well, those are leaf miners. So these are little teensy flies. They're really in the bee family. They're called saw flies. Called saw flies because their ovipositor egg layer has little saw-like things on it, and it actually saws into the to the leaf and lays her eggs inside the leaves. And when those little eggs hatch, <laughs> some mighty nasty little critters work their way around eating it. And, and they'll lay more than one egg in each little blotch, too. So they, they work their way around. And so when you look at it, it's almost see-through. If you open it up, you could see And if the bugs are in there, you'll see the little larvae. They're little maggots working their way through. You're also going to see a lot of frass. That's a polite word for bug poop. You do not want to eat any of those little (laughs) blotches. (laughs) Oh, la, la, not at all. So here's the thing, uh, uh, Gary, and that is that, um, you know, no spray is going to do much good except for one. Because once you, you know, if you spray, they're already inside there. And and what do you want to spray on there anyway? It could be harmful to you. So, number 1, the easiest way to get rid of these, but you got to plant your chard in a new spot next year. And that is to uh use uh row crop cover. So this is a light uh like a polyester kind of a thing that lets air and light through and you cover your plants leaving it real loose, but you got to tuck all the ends under boards or something so the fly can't get underneath. Flies just can't get to the plants, the later eggs. And chard doesn't need to be pollinized or anything. So you can leave that cover on all year round. And, uh, you know, so, and you just open it up when you want to get some chard and you, you'll get no leaf miner at all. But leaf miner, what they do is they, uh, drop down to the ground, dig into the ground and put their little cocoons in the ground. They look like a little chunk of rice or something. So, uh, you if you put it in the same place you plant your chard in the same place and you cover it with row crop cover you have just uh, captured all those guys inside with the plant so and by the way in case i didn't make that clear with this uh floating row cover as we call it you put it real loose on top because uh it it's so light that the plants grow up and it just goes up with them and so you got to leave a lot of uh you know extra material in there for that to work that works 100%. If you don't want to do that, there is something called Bio Neem and uh, Safer has it, I believe you can find it online, and it repels those leaf miners, but they they usually emerge in March, so you're going to have to spray that on that chart starting probably in early March and keep doing it, you know, I you know, it'll tell you how many times you got to do it, but I think you're going to have to do it at least every other week for a while. So the row crop works the best if you're able to move where you grew the plants and all of that. So, okay. Hey, we got a caller. Paul, thanks so much for calling. How are you doing? I'm doing well, so how are you? Hey, fantastic. Thanks. Good. Good. So I have
1: a well-established Japanese maple. It's about five feet tall, probably nine feet wide. It was planted, I would say the trunk is probably a foot and a half away from my house. So uh, it's kind of a three, three-sided plant. Yeah. And I'd like to move it out of there. Um, and I don't know if that's a safe thing to do. The other issue is right now it's Easter. It's right up against the eastern side of my house, so it gets a fair amount of shade. And the place where I want to put it would be southern-facing. Um, up against a,
0: a fence. Okay. So um, this I, I assume this is one of those weeping Japanese maples where the I branches so, all yeah. kind of hang downward? Yes, that's yeah. right. Okay. So uh, the first thing is trying to move that is not going to be easy at all. How wide did you say the trunk is? It, it's probably it's five feet tall
1: and probably eight feet
0: wide. Okay, that's a pretty good. So yeah, uh, all right. Here's the problem: it's going to be really tough getting behind it. With if you got a foot and a half, boy, that's like no room at all. It might be worth it if you have to do it, but uh, because you know, I don't think it's going to do any harm to your house or anything there. But if 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 you had to do it, you could you might be able to dig it out, but it's going to be tough. You're it's going to take a long time of hard digging around that back side. And then you're going to want to give yeah. for every inch of the diameter of the trunk at ground level, mm-hmm. you want to give about mm-hmm. 10 inches of root ball. So if it's, okay. if it's six inches wide, you need a 60-inch root ball. You're obviously not going to get that on the back side, but you still might be able to pull this off. Here's the bad news. You do not want to take that and put it in front of that fence in full sun. It'll burn up. Okay. So find a okay. find a spot an east exposure or something like that for it. You know, it'll be delighted to move to a where it gets more room. Eventually, it will fill in on the other side. And I wouldn't I wouldn't even okay. attempt this until uh, the winter when all the leaves have fallen off. Okay. Sure. That's yeah. Well, thank you so much for the advice. Okay, and it just the last thing I'll tell you is it's, it is so yeah. tight with that foot and a half in the back. I tried to move yeah. one at my house, and it didn't succeed, you know, and I was yeah. a little impatient, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, and I think I should,
1: rather than take a chance of hurting that plant, I, I think I'll probably just leave it.
0: I think you made the right decision. It, it's really pretty it's just you know, yeah. kind of an awkward spot yeah but you don't want to cool. lose that thanks but, so much okay just keep pruning it every year that way you can keep it away from your house that'll help a lot okay yes, paul thank you hey thanks that's great fun. question fun. by the way all right see you later okay alicia's going to be in here in a minute uh keep you up to date on everything going on in our community and then i'll be back on 97.3 cairo fm I'm back. Hey, uh, the numbers, we got all open lines. So if you want to get a question answered quick, you can just zip it in. It's one 973 5476 So one Cairo. 973 Cairo. So, okay. Hey, but, uh, hey, I did want to add something about that email I got from Gary about uh, his uh, Swiss chard uh, leaf miner. And that is, if you've got that, it attacks beats, too. And I like, I eat beet greens in my salad. That's the only part of a beet I like. But I like it in salads, but I, I hate beets. I do like beets for one reason. They fly really far. So if somebody stumps me in a garden talk, I can, you know, shoot one at them. <laughs> but, hey, I wanted to add, Gary, uh, when and all of you out there, if you've got this, which we've all got this on our chard and beets so if you don't have it you didn't cover it this year and it's all full of those blotches, pull those leaves off. Can't You can, You can eat around those. That's fine. But um, pull those leaves off, throw them in the yard waste, send them out. I, I don't know if I would try and um, put those in my own compost pile unless you're really good at composting. But the uh, industrial composting will kill those things for sure. But if you leave them out there, then those little larvae are going to drop on the ground and they're going to all be making little pupa cases underneath your plants. And even if you move them to a new place, there's going to be a billion of them flying around in your garden. So every time you see one, if you could do it, you know, eat around it or whatever, but pull those leaves off, get them into the yard waste, make sure that the the lid's shut. <laughs> and uh, then you're not going to... If you keep doing that, pretty soon your populations will get a lot smaller. Okay, so uh, just wanted to add that. All right, I think it looks like we're getting a lot of phone calls here. So uh, let's go to Walt in Arlington right now. Hey, Walt, what's happening in Arlington? Hey, Cisco.
1: Hey, I got this gorgeous. Cherry tree is probably 35, 40 years old. It came with a house. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, it's got it's gotten way out of control. It's about 35 feet tall.
0: Oh, I want to trim it up.
1: When's the best time?
0: Well, you, you want to, if you're going to, anytime you're going to do, you know, some heavy duty pruning on a tree, it's got to be when the tree is dormant. There are some problems with that, with cherries, in that they can get some diseases when you prune them that time of year. But if you're doing major pruning, you gotta do you gotta do it then the The big problem is that cherry trees hate being lowered, so if you're gonna lower it by a third or something, and you might have to i mean sometimes you just go, "Look, I can't live with this. it's shading the whole house. I'm not getting any cherries. I'm gonna take my chances right. and lower this thing but uh. You're going to get two things. You're going to get a lot of decay coming down from where you make big cuts on the branches, and you're going to have suckers like you've never seen in your life, and you're going to be out there cutting those off every year for the rest of your life. So eat a lot of Brussels sprout casseroles because you're going to live a long time with all this exercise you're going to get. (laughs) But you know what? Sometimes you've got to do it. It's just the trees not performing the way you want. And if it dies a little earlier, well, then you're going to put in something new when it goes. So that's the way I look at it.
1: Right. Right. Now, you brought up another question, if I can, real quick. Brussels sprouts. I get them. They grow to about three to four feet. But this year, I have no Brussels sprouts themselves. I just got a big stock.
0: I know. I hate it when that happens. You know, I think sometimes it's the type of Brussels sprout you get. Now, you might have an overwintering Brussels sprout, and if it survives the winter, and you can always cover them a little row crop cover, you know, on cold nights or something. If it survives, it might, it might just produce sprouts in the spring, and you'll be eating them in spring when everybody else is going, how'd you get those fresh Brussels sprouts? A lot of times, though, all they do is bolt and send out seeds, and then you're done for. But uh, you never know, so okay. it's worth waiting. But I think that the key thing is try and find Brussels sprouts with a really short um, time before they produce. You know how they always tell you okay. time to harvest. So try and find right. the ones They're with the shortest because in our climate, those things don't even start producing till really late in the year anyway. And then your your chances of getting some nice sprouts are a lot better. Great. Thank you, Cisco. All right. Well, good luck with all of that. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay. Hey, we're going to go to Bellevue and talk to Marilyn. Marilyn, welcome to Garden with Cisco.
2: Hi, Cisco. Um, My front yard is just a mess, and it's been taken over so much by um, bindweed and all kinds of brush and stuff. And my plan is to just mow everything down and cover it with about a foot or more of wood chips that I can get from an arborist. Is there any reason that won't – I should not do that or that wouldn't work?
0: Well, I'm trying to think if that's going to work. I guess if you covered them thick enough, it might work. See, the problem is some of that stuff's going to come back, no problem. It will come right through that – the wood chips now wood chips are a great weed deterrent but uh, but if there's a big root system under the ground like blackberry or or morning glory they'll find their way through no matter what you do it might you might do better if you put cardboard down and, then cover, a, a, the and then cover that with the wood chips. And cover that with yeah. the chips, yeah. I've got a ton of that because I've been saving that. So. We did that at Seattle U a lot, but um, it doesn't really stop plants like Morning Glory. They find their way through. But what we it was where we had horsetail, which was driving us nuts at Seattle U. So we would put the cardboard, make it sure you overlap a lot. You wet it down uh-huh. so, so that, uh, you know, it kind of adheres to the ground a little more and then you throw you know at least six inches of wood chips on there and then what we would do is we would poke holes in it about you know six months later or something in spring we'd plant right through the cardboard with something that grew really fast and uh and would give us really great cover and shade the ground so something like uh cystus um uh rock rose is really good and uh, there's some oh, great lonisra ro- uh, those are um uh what do you call them uh, honeysuckles, shrubs oh okay and, honeysuckle to, and what what else did and, you uh, And rock rock rose works real good okay yeah there's some there are a few kinds i can't think of the name right now but there's a few really aggressive growing um geraniums hardy geraniums we use sometimes so there's, there. You, you just got to find plants. It's best if they're evergreen, and they and they grow fast. They're not going to spread like Lonicera honeysuckle won't spread, but it'll it'll grow up to like four feet tall and get four feet wide. So if you plant them every three feet, man, you got to cover like nothing could grow through that except for morning glory. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nothing stops morning glory. I have yet to beat that stuff in years of uh, battle. and it, it's it's my nemesis. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I so, guess I'm doomed then. Yeah, you 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 probably were bad in your last life. That's my guess. See, that's,
2: I think so. <laughs> okay, and, and cutting it off when it first appears won't help either. No, no, no.
0: Doesn't, do, <laughs> doesn't do anything. Pulling it doesn't oh. do anything. Nothing does anything. <laughs> Other news, it's some mighty horrible poisons. That's about the only- I was just
2: going to say oh. I might be reduced to that in the end. Yeah, I
0: hate having to do that, but, you know, uh, sometimes people resort to that. And, uh, you know, if you stay after it and if all you have is cardboard and uh, wood chips and it comes up and you give it a squirt of something, you know, at that time— Maybe that's the only time you'll ever have to do that, and you can be rid of it. So that might be worth doing. I don't know. That might be
2: doing then, yeah. Yeah.
0: I hate recommending poison, but sometimes you have to. Well, Marilyn, good luck. Thank you, thank you. You got your work cut out for you. Indeed I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, you take care, okay? Thank you. Eat those Brussels sprouts. You're going to need the extra energy. (laughs) Well, I'll take a double (laughs) helping. Okay, see you later. All right, hey, listen, we're gonna go on break, but uh, we've got Ann and Steve waiting on the line on 97-3 Cairo FM. Yeah. Or oh, la, la. All right. So I, I we have Marilyn on the line right now. Hey, Marilyn, what's happening? Oh, okay, okay. We got all right. We got Ann from Watkin County Hello. on the line. Hi, Ann.
1: Oh, Cisco, it's impossible to get through to you. I've been dialing that one eight 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 number. Since one since you went on air, since
0: twelve o'clock, can't well, get through. Done. Nobody answered. Oh well, I'm okay. glad you got through anyway. Well, I,
1: I know you need to look into that because I started at noon at twelve o'clock when you came on. You know another plant from hell that no one should ever put down, and that's those single stem campanulas. Oh, those things! You know what I'm talking about?
0: Which which plant?
1: It's a single stem campanula. They have little bells. Oh
0: There's yeah, there. yeah, yeah! Canterbury bells. Oh yeah, those no, things. No, no, it's
1: a it's the, a single campanula. It has these little. Oh,
0: okay, campanula. Yeah, you know, there's a, a lot of campanulas that are they they seed around, and it isn't always very polite. To oh, it's terrible.
1: Least. You know, we put chips, we put plastic down. It was skinny plastic, thin plastic, and we put probably two feet of chips. And I wouldn't believe it. This spring, they came through that. So there Holy you are. Holy cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah! Don't ever, don't any. They're the single ones. It's a single stem. They have little bells. But the reason I called, this was such a unusual summer, and I had beautiful uh, calla uh, stocks. You know the double stocks.
0: Calla. Calla lily. You know,
1: double stocks. The, the, oh, oh the stocks. stocks. Okay, yeah, I got yeah, the you. Very, the annual. The Fragrant. Yeah, yeah, the fragrant one. Yeah, and they have double flowers. Anyway, I started them myself, transplanted very healthy plants. I transplanted the one pot, healthy plants. Only four plants bloomed, and they did huh. not bloom till probably the first of September. Oh, what a the pain! The other pot, very healthy plants from the same, you know, my own starts, and uh, not one bloom. Well, and it, also. Uh, cosmos, and a friend of mine, who's a great gardener also, tall Cosmos, they're five and a half feet tall, and mine were same, no blooms. They're blooming huh. now.
0: Boy, that's weird. You know, that's one that's got me a bit stumped, so you're lucky well, that you're not thing, at and one and of my lives, talks. You
1: know, she lives probably a mile and a half from me, two miles, terrific gardener. She said, look at my Cosmos. They are so nice and tall. No blooms and, uh, it's weird and that not only that yours it's and few,
0: hers so huh? so it's got since it happened in two different gardens they are in full sun, I assume,
1: yes, yes, oh so, mine my cosmos are in very full sun, good soil, everything, the plants are luxurious, and they were you know like four and a half feet tall, luxurious, sturdy plants,, what? and they didn't form a bud, and then finally they formed a bud. And just, okay, this is October. They probably start blooming.
0: Um, well, you know what? Last- Ann, I don't have yeah. much time and I've got to try and get to Steve yet. Let me tell you this. I think it's because something happened early in the year to them. Whether we got a little too cold right in spring and it set them back, something uh, hammered them. But next year, try this plant. Put uh, work into, not into the soil, but around them, and then work it into the soil around the plants, alfalfa meal. I can almost guarantee that they'll start blooming right away if you do that. So give give that a try next year, because because otherwise they'll do the same thing.
1: Yeah, Cosmos and the stocks. Okay.
0: Try both of those next year, okay? And and thank you so much for calling. I want to try and get to Steve quick. Steven Snohomish, how are you doing? how are you? Hey, great, nice. Thanks for calling. I don't have much time. What you got going on? Yeah. Hello. doing Oh man, We're, you're breaking up, Steve. I can't catch you. Oh, uh, that's too too bad. I don't anyway, but I don't think that's going to work. All right. Okay, well, I'm going to end then. <laughs> I've got a couple of minutes, so I'm going to quick uh, answer an email from James. He had a uh, five, he's gotten two five-gallon pots. He has got a fig tree with 20 figs on it and a Fuyu persimmon. That's an Asian persimmon, don't need cross-pollinators, uh, with two persimmons on it. He wants to plant them in the ground. Can he do it right away? Plant the fig in the ground right away because those figs are never going to ripen up. So if they fall off when you plant it, who cares? Because <laughs> they're going to fall off. You're never going to get to eat them. That's the second uh, series of figs, and they're not going to ripen up, James. But on the persimmon, you should get to eat those. But you got to leave them on there for a long, long time. they got to go through some cold weather and everything. Until they turn soft, and you can pull them off and eat them. So wait to plant that one until it, uh, till those persimmons are totally ripe, and you get to eat them. Then stick it in the ground. You'll have it forever. They get the best fall color of any plant I've ever seen, practically. So hey, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Hey, I hope I see a lot of you at Chahuli Garden and Glass. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's October 20th. Okay, everybody, eat your Brussels sprouts. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.